0: All right, welcome back to the Park Hills podcast. In this episode, we're going to dive into Colossians 3, 1 through 11. If you want more information on Park Hills or to listen to any other podcasts, videos, things that we're doing, go to parkhillschurch.com. So this passage starts off with, if then you've been raised with Christ, set your minds on things that are above. What a great concept, but mm-hmm. kind of a difficult one for us to always you know, fully understand. So Mark, I think... Some of the images you've used on this passage over the years, and even as we talked in sermon team, have been so helpful to sort of really understand what's going on here. And I know one of those that you know resonated with me, and we were just talking about it, and I remember when you taught this lesson, but just the idea that us trying to resuscitate the dead version of ourselves, what, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, you know, I love just how obvious what Paul is pointing out here, obviously uh, led by the Spirit. but. He's going, listen, if then or since you are raised with Christ and you're, you're no longer living to your old life, you've that's died, your life mm-hmm. is now hidden with Christ, then put to death then whatever is earthly or kill off. And he goes through a list of behaviors and thoughts and, and attitudes. And, and it, it's really... I remember looking at this passage one time, and I, I just envisioned, imagine someone coming uh, down a path and finding a, a dead body, and and body that's clearly dead. Mm-hmm. But imagine that person just jumping down and going into life saving procedures, and and start <laughs> starting the the uh, breathing and trying to to do the compressions and and full on CPR. First of all, it's a nasty image to think of that, but. Yeah. But it's also absurd. You would never do that in that situation. But really, when we who are in Christ, we've been forgiven of all that we've been forgiven of. We've uh, been given new life in Christ, and now this is our life. For us to go on living in those sinful ways— committing those sins acting the way we acted thinking the way we thought is really the equivalent of trying to give CPR to our dead sinful self yeah. and to look at it that way it actually becomes gross yeah uh, foolish mm-hmm. and really should should cause us to think Man, when when I go down those roads, I'm trying to resuscitate that which is completely dead. So he's saying, kill off the behaviors, the thoughts, the way of life that was tied to the old you that is dead. Yeah. That needs to die too. So... This idea then becomes much more significant to think about and say, when I go through and evaluate my day, when I evaluate my thoughts, when I evaluate what I daydream about, what my priorities are, how many of those things are like trying to give CPR to a corpse? Yeah. And not only is it foolish and gross and going the wrong way, but think of all the wasted energies, yeah. the wasted days and times. Uh, that could be used for the for the kingdom. I mean, we have to be accountable for that. Actually, in, in chapter 4, he says B- making the best use of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, our time matters. So it's not even just maybe we aren't sinning or not acting out on those sins, but we're just thinking about those things. We're focused on those things. Maybe we're missing those. If we're honest, there's something in us that misses those old sins or those old thought life. At a minimum, you that's a horrible use of time and really devaluing what Christ did for us on the cross. If our mind goes toward that verse 4 of chapter 3, When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also appear with him in glory. Again, it, we've got to have the long-term focus in mind in order to really see those things that went with the old self for what they are, which is a waste Evil, nasty, gross, and the things that cause the wrath of God
0: to come. Yeah, and that's, that's such a good image, and one that you know I often think about when I read this passage. And I've even seen a, a little video that was similar, but a little bit different in the sense that it sort of talked about the longing of a heart and how we chase after things. And this guy was rushing after this beautiful woman, and he kept pursuing her and pursuing her and pursuing her. And you know, she she's standing on the edge of a cliff and she jumps off and he looks down and she's swimming away and he's like oh i'm gonna so he jumps down too and he swims away and they both get to this island you know off in the distance and as they swim off to the island together and they finally get there he finally gets close enough to pursue her and grabs her and as he kisses her she's a zombie basically she's like a corpse and he was just so disgusted with this moment and it made me think Mm. of our sin how often we chase after something that seems so beautiful and really, you know, I've talked about it at, at times with, with students and, and, you know, mentors of mine and people who have mentored me and, and vice versa. Uh, sin is kind of gets a bad rap in the church. You know, a lot of times we talk about it as if.
1: That's an interesting quote. <laughs> well, it's it's a thing
0: that we think of sin as like it's a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. Oh, yeah. Which it is. But at the moment, the reason why sin is so alluring is, is yeah. it's really exciting and it's fun and it. It makes us think that we're living our best version of ourselves. And so we almost do sin a disservice, quote unquote, because when students start to chase after stuff that they shouldn't, they go, well, why would this be wrong? It feels so right, or it feels so exciting, or it's it brings life to me. And it isn't until you reach in and give the kiss to the to the woman or something that it, and they turn into a corpse that you're like, Oh, here I am again. Why did I do this? And then right. the guilt and the shame and all that piles on. So it, it, all those images kind of packed together is kind of what I, re, I think of when I think about putting life back into what is dead. But we don't think about the fact that we are a new creation in Christ in the way that we should. And, you know, you quoted Matthew six in the sermon briefly. And then we talked to, you know, you talk about first Corinthians five seventeen and this idea of being a new creation, being born again, being made new. These are all images that are thoroughly New Testament and and thoroughly rooted in concepts that are given to us in the Old Testament. But really that idea is you aren't who you used to be. You're new in Christ. And so whether it is us resuscitating our old dead body and forgetting who we are now is one way of looking at it. Or we're pursuing dead things, hoping that it'll bring new life to it. And that's not really the way it's supposed to work. So it it's it's just missing what... Paul's talking about if you believe that once I'm following Jesus I can just do whatever I want to do and it's totally fine which pushes back on certain things like you know the free grace movement that's very common today which means I don't even sin anymore now that I'm in Christ everything I do is totally covered in grace which of course you're forgiven today yesterday forever like there's no thing that Christ doesn't cover yet what would you do with that? Like, why would you take grace and then just stomp all over it and do whatever you want to yeah. do? That doesn't make any sense.
1: And it doesn't mean it doesn't do damage.
0: <laughs> totally. The that you do. Totally. It ends up being like you just kissing, you know, that dead body or whatever. Like it's really that idea. So new in Christ, you know, you look at this passage from five through 11 and you just talk about all these different things, putting to death, what is earthly and moving towards something that's better, which we start to see in verse 12. But this, this five through 11, this idea that everything that you once thought was important, whether it was your status or your uh, you know, financial, uh, whatever, or your ethnicity, none of those things matter. It's in Christ. He's in all and, and Christ is all. Or if you think about I was once a... a you know, someone who was immoral or I was impure, or I was passionate about the wrong things, right? I was covetous. I, I'm an idolater. Those are all the things that you used to be. Now that you're new in Christ, you might still practice some of those things and, and then repent of them. You know, none of us have ever gotten away from all of our sins completely. That's just not possible in this right. life, I don't think. But yet we have put them to death, and we have to physically think about that and, and put those things aside. But it's not who I am anymore. I'm not. I'm not what I once was. I'm not that person. My title is different. My my status before God is different, and, and that's something that's tough for us to wrestle sometimes with the gospel, right?
1: Yeah, it is. I do have to say, I think my new favorite quote from you is going to be, sin gets a bad rap in the church. Yeah. But I do know what you mean by that. It's true because we often only think of it in terms of that which is nasty and repulsive, and we forget that it is alluring, just like we always want to create this image as to what Satan is like and not realizing he's an angel of light who who looks good and draws right. us in, and you know, and we're drawn to that. You know, I think so much of this comes down to that understanding like it says in verse 10, that you've put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Yep. Uh, that being renewed is important. You know, Chris, as I think about this passage to, I I don't know about you and and you guys are listening, but... I think that it's hard for me still to see myself as new Mm -hmm. because as those thoughts enter my mind, as those temptations kick up, as I find moments where in my mind I find sin desirable or or I have an angry reaction in my head to people for what they say or do or believe or how they act, I, I don't in those moments see the renewed me. Because I'm sensing the old me, because it, it reminds myself of me, me of, of how I was. And I think that it's, it real, in those moments, it pulls me back to these things. Because in my mind, it's that's who you are, because that's what you thought in that moment, or that's how you responded. That's why I have to constantly remind myself that, no, I'm being renewed in the image of my creator, and, and I am new in him. Like right. 2 Corinthians 5. I, I am. I am new. I'm a new creature already. I just have to learn what it what it's like to live in this. Like, you know, I like to use car illustrations. No, know. really? You you buy a brand new car these days, which I don't, but I've seen them. Correct. I've heard about them. That's true. I've seen them from a distance. <laughs> but y- y- it's amazing what it takes to learn how to make these things function because it's not like what we're used to before. And I think our faith is somewhat like that too where, okay, this is the new me. Now I've got to figure out what the bells and whistles are on this. And, and just because I always used to reach for a stick shift before this one's an automatic, I don't, you know, whatever it is, we have, it's that way in our life too. It's like, no, I don't automatically revert to anger or I don't get covetous if, if somebody else has something, you know, I I don't slander or let obscene talk flow. No, I go a different way. And that's really what it's going toward in the next section of this chapter.
0: Yeah, and thanks for catching that. I think I said 1 Corinthians five seventeen early on. So if anyone's looking that up, they're like, there's no 17th verse in 1 Corinthians 5. That's correct. It's Second Corinthians 5. That's why
1: I made a point of saying Second Corinthians. I appreciated you cleaning
0: up my mess there. That's good. <laughs> but But back to what you're saying, totally. And I think this is one of the struggles that I have with our culture today, which is really our driving point for this part of the podcast. And we've been talking about this as we kind of lead up to it here, our culture is all about come to Christ and then just be who you are. And I don't see that biblically played out. I I don't see a single story in the scripture where someone comes to God and then remains as they are for the rest of their life. There's a direction aspect to Mm -hmm. to our faith, to our journey with Jesus. And so whether we're talking about You know, uh, these things that we're talking about in verses 5 through 8, and then even 9 and 10, I guess, included in that. We talk a lot about, well, I'm a a mess. I'm a mess. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. And I need grace every day. All that is totally true. But it really neglects what Christ is calling us toward. And so I've heard people say, you know, if Jesus was alive today, which— He is, but that's a whole other discussion. Like, uh, there, you know, if he was was on incarnate right next to us, yeah, if he was here right now, he'd be hanging out at the bars and he'd be with the the sinners, and you know, and I, all the people who are marching in the streets over the summer and saying all the things that they say, and they'd say Jesus would be with those people, the people who most need him. Okay. First of all, absolutely true. And the second thing I would say is I'm one of those people who needs him every day. So we, we've got to really grasp that concept If it's, it. The gospel is a thing that you need all the time. But I would even go a step further and say Jesus would absolutely be with those people. No question. However, I don't see a single story in scripture where people just kind of then carried on with their day after that. If Jesus were to spend a night in a bar these days, I, you know, I imagine after a couple hours, there's nobody left at the bar. Yep, he'd redeem them. They they would come up with a whole different way of looking at themselves, and they'd walk out and go, holy cow, I don't need to wallow in my pain and my sin and all this other stuff. I don't need to sit here and drink this all night long to make myself feel better. Christ loves me. God loves me. I'm going to go live a different, better style of life. So whether we see Mary Magdalene, you know, the demon-possessed woman who no longer lives under that that reign of those demons think of legion i mean that that guy or at least that's what the demons call him you know that we're legion for we're many and when they get cast out that guy runs and shares the gospel to a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of people yeah because that was in mark 5 and then in mark 9 jesus goes back to that region and there are four thousand people to feed Mm -hmm. so he spread the message he's like hey you need to meet this guy when he comes back you need to be ready for him and so i see all these individuals in scripture who spend time with jesus and they move to put all these things to death because they realize these things don't really satisfy and they move in a different direction. So I think the best way that I would wrap this up would say, you know, you are no longer who you used to be. And for you to grasp that, you are no longer who you used to be. And then Paul would say, so don't live like it anymore. You're free. And it's not that you're never going to make a mistake. It's not that you're never going to go back to those things. But you need to know who you are. And if you know who you are, you're going to live differently and move forward, which is what we're going to talk about in, you know, in the next podcast. But but this idea of putting life back into what's dead, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What Christ has done is renewed you, given a brand new place and status in him. And then now, because of that, why would you not put those things to death?
1: Yeah, live free. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. I agree. Right? Jesus would be setting people free. Whatever their issues would be, whatever they're angry about, he would call them that. Whoever they're at odds with, he would bring peace to that and they would be different.
0: Yeah. You come questioning your identity, he'll set you straight. And it doesn't mean that you suddenly go, oh, I guess it's okay that I think this way. He would point you in the direction and say, I made you. I love you. You are exactly the way I want you to be. Trust that. Trust me. Walk with me. You know, I'm not sure how I feel about this, this, or this. And those are all sins that we're talking about here. Christ would say, those are things that you have, you have wandered into paths of death. You know, you've, you've walked in the road, you walked through the road of death. You've missed it. Come with me. Let me show you the better way. And that's the Jesus we serve. And that's the Jesus that all too often we kind of leave off. Amen.